Hello and welcome to another episode of Change of Directions. Today we are speaking with Michael Cole. He is the CEO and President of Hyundai Europe. And of course we want to know what are the plans from Hyundai in terms of hydrogen. The world is changing and so is the way that we power our vehicles. Hyundai is at the forefront of this change, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with hydrogen technology. Yes, Nicole, they have been developing really innovative solutions and to help to decarbonize the transportation sector. Uh, they're investing heavily into the research and development of fuel cell technologies, which is super interesting. And they do that now for like, I think, over two decades. In 2013, the company actually became the first automaker to mass produce fuel cells with the launch of the Tuscan fuel cell. Since then, they've been really innovative and consistent in delivering to try to improve the fuel cell technology. So the car that we had was the Hyundai Nexo, and this was an iteration of the Tuscan. And I believe next year, we're going to be having the third iteration of the Nexo. There's going to be a next generation of the Nexo, yes, with the third generation fuel cell also which they say is 30% more efficient and so it has a longer range up to like 500 miles or like 800 kilometers and also uses less um, hydrogen so you will have the benefit of not paying so much for uh, for your daily commute etc etc it's super interesting what Hyundai is doing um, because they do it for so long and that's why it was also a pleasure and also very interesting to sit down with the president of Hyundai, Michael Cole. We've always said that there is not one solution. Uh, so we all know, obviously, about the importance of decarbonizing uh, the transport industry, whether it's passenger car, commercial vehicle, or of course, you go to shipping and to, you know, the, everything mobility. We, we obviously were very early with our um, IX35 fuel cell as the, as the first vehicle. Uh, now we have Nexo. We're obviously looking at what is the further expansion of that within the passenger car range. Sure. Hyundai makes cars, but what I find most exciting is their activity in heavy-duty trucks because these are vehicles that, if we're being realistic, it's kind of impractical to put this many long-distance trucks onto battery technology. Fuel cell starts to make a lot more sense when you look at long-range transportation. And Hyundai launched their, you know, kind of pilot project inside of Switzerland with the grocery stores. Uh, they've moved since then into Germany and throughout Europe and into the U.S. with their hydrogen technology inside of long-distance trucks. But we've always said, and we continue to believe, that as we move forward, both battery electric and fuel cell electric vehicles will be part of the solution also for Maybe it might be larger passenger cars, so SUVs. But but this is something we will keep to keep developing, keep working on, because uh, I don't think we can rely purely on battery electric as being the only solution for, for carbon neutral transport. Hydrogen has a bit of a hen and egg problem. So you have the hydrogen, yes, the technology is there, but you also want to develop an infrastructure for that. And therefore, you need the help of other stakeholders, as Michael Cole points out. You know, one of the challenges we, st we still have, and, and we work very closely, obviously, with the European uh, Union, European Commission on this, is creating the infrastructure. So we all know that still today we have some parts of Europe where the infrastructure of a battery electric vehicle is, is not where it needs to be. We've got a lot of work to do, but it's also true of the hydrogen. So, uh, you know, I, we, I, I was very happy um, to hear, you know, as, as part of the Fit for 55, the plans are to ensure that we have 
sufficient, you know, uh, coverage of hydrogen refueling. Because like anything, we, we can keep developing the technology. Of course, we have to keep making that affordable, democratizing it. But we need to have the infrastructure in place. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that so many of the member states of, of, the, of the European Union as well are also looking at their investment uh, and, and believe in the future of hydrogen. I totally agree with that, uh, Mr. Cole. But is it also like a bit easy from your side saying, hey, we have here a technology, please give us an infrastructure? We, we work on different scenarios now, whether it's for battery or for, 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 for hydrogen. We're trying to offer the full solution. We can't just offer the car. We have to be a part of the solution also uh, for the infrastructure. But obviously, we can't do that alone. We need, we need these other stakeholders to continue to make their investment uh, in, in sufficient uh, power grid and sufficient uh, uh, recharging, or in the case of obviously hydrogen, the, the refueling points. So what we just heard from Michael is that they actually invested, of course, heavily into these new technologies. Uh, we already said it's like 20 years in the making. Um, they are having the first trucks out there. They're having the cars out there. You uh, have all the fuel cell technology that they develop and they have the IP on. Um, so you could see that the potential for fuel cell technology that they developed Uh, is really high, but it's not, you know, the end of the road for them. They are still developing. They still have to develop, and there are still challenges uh, that they have to overcome. And one of the major challenges is actually, is actually awareness of hydrogen technology. Everyone knows about battery electric vehicles, and they might have heard about hydrogen, but they've probably heard about it from the battery lobby, who's against it, to be honest. <laughs> So there is a general lack of, of awareness about the benefits and the potential of hydrogen and where exactly it fits into when we look at our transition onto renewable energies. So this kind of the battery lobby lobbying against hydrogen and this lack of awareness can make it difficult to generate demand for fuel cell. This is this is one challenge that is, I mean, you have these hand and egg problem with, with hydrogen a bit, or you had it for a couple of years so far, because, you know, there are people who were maybe interested in it, but then there was a lack or is a lack of infrastructure. Germany is a bit of a, uh, of a good example for a hydrogen infrastructure because we started to build up a, a charging, uh, hydros, hydrogen charging or refueling infrastructure in the last uh, four or five years. I think there are around 120 refueling stations now for, for hydrogen in Germany. So it's quite a lot. And they are all located like, you know, close to highways, et cetera, et cetera. So you can charge uh, your car. I mean, we did it two years ago with the Nexo and we drove around to Switzerland. You drove to uh, Denmark and, and we didn't have any problems with it. So that's still there. But it's still like for other countries, it's still a hand and neck problem. I remember that I wanted to go to Paris with the Nexo, but I found out that it was impossible because there was no hydrogen refueling station on the way from the German border to, to Paris, where you have hydrogen refueling station, but only there. So it was a bit too far uh, from where I wanted to drive. So um, there is there is this thing uh, at first, and then also the fuel cell technolo technology itself is not there where you want it to be. You have things like platinum in it, which is uh, expensive and it's also a rare metal. So if you just imagine that you would magically create or uh, all the cars or the, you magically create millions of hydrogen cars 
you will not run out of platinum, but you will have a hard time to get it and it will be even more expensive. So improving the performance of the car is one thing. Improving the cost of fuel cell vehicles is another one. And this is why Hyundai actually has a multifaceted approach to how they're looking at you know, renewables and moving on to more climate-friendly solutions. So they're they're working on both battery electric and fuel cell electric vehicles, right, as well as the necessary infrastructure to support both. Which is an interesting thing because you always think of Hyundai, like especially in the West, you always think on Hyundai as a, as a, as a car manufacturer. Uh, but they're actually... A huge corporation that also deals with shipment and shipping. They also have, uh, they also build ships. Um, they are running part of the infrastructure in, in South Korea. So they also, like, I think they're also involved in cement uh, manufacturing. And, and, you know, they have a, a broad variety of, of businesses they are involved in. And they see their investment in hydrogen as part of this whole ecosystem that they are involved in. So for them, it makes more sense to develop a fuel cell technology, which you may use in a car or in a truck, but you could also use in a ship or for a um, steel manufacturer. Urban air or, yeah, or for airplanes or whatever, or for heating in, in urban areas or something like that. For them, it makes more sense because one investment, not only benefits, you know, a car, it benefits also like their whole ecosystem that they're involved in. And I think this is a, a huge advantage they have when you compare it to other car manufacturers. We know that other car manufacturers like Volkswagen and Stellantis are not keen to go into hydrogen, but BMW, for example, is thinking about it. And uh, Toyota is heavily uh, also investing and thinking about it. And also we know that the Chinese are also investing in a hydrogen infrastructure. So I think they have a they have a good position here in terms of global market. It's really true. This holistic approach is something that most manufacturers don't have because the group is concerned with so many different things. And like that, let, let's not forget that Hyundai uh, acquired Boston Dynamics, you know, not that long ago. So they have Spot. They have this whole concept of how we work and live with robots. How we will have, you know and new forms of mobility inside of our urban centers and what does that mean? And they're also one of the few car manufacturers that's, you know, making cars for every class of citizen. And when we see companies like, say, Mercedes, who is, you know, escaping into the luxury, Hyundai is still offering cars for every price point and every type of driver, which, you know, I think is a bit more costly in the end to pay attention to everyone. But it means that you really are making a solution for everyone then. And I, I think that that's kind of like a noble cause. <laughs> Yeah, and, and also they have a double approach. I mean, they're not only investing in hydrogen, they also do battery electric. And they have the Ionic 5 and the Ionic 6 coming up, etc. So they, they do invest also a lot in battery electric. And it's still, I mean, as we always say, it's like, it's not like, is it hydrogen or battery electric? It's more like both. Because I also think that there will be a smaller or maybe even a medium-sized niche for hydrogen cars when you have to do long distances, especially in countries where you have long distances. Like, for example, you're from Canada. 
going battery electric in Canada, especially in the north, maybe not the best solution. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also long distance in the US or so. So you need you need a different solution if you want to go carbon free. And then I think hydrogen is the is the only solution. I, I, can you imagine Canada building up a hydrogen uh, infrastructure? It's easier for them to do this than building up a, uh, a charging infrastructure for battery electric cars, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's like looking at Canada as an example, especially because the electric company is public. So they've had zero incentive in order to, you know, make all of this investment to update their grids and to build a charging infrastructure. I actually find it really shocking in Canada just how far behind they are. So the fact that Canada has gone all in on hydrogen, I actually think that the how they've been able to attract a lot of companies and a lot of R&D and investment, they're looking at it as a new technology. And so it's not just run by the government who had to set out a mandate, no more you know, ICE cars by 2035 when it's impossible. Like there's not even a high part, high charging um, station in my parents' house. And they're just in, in the suburbs of Toronto, right? Like I have to drive 15 minutes in order to find one, right? And this, this, is, this is a big city of, of six, seven million. So, I mean, yeah, hydrogen definitely has a place in Canada where it's like a new sexy technology and not just like relying on an old outdated electrical company to kind of bring everyone forward. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you go back to Hyundai and then they're coming to play because they are delivering not only the fuel cell technology, they're also delivering all the whole technology for, for an infrastructure that you, that you can build up that not, this is only not helpful for Canada, but it's also like South America. Look at Africa. Mm -hmm. Look at India, for example, as a as a super huge growing market. So Hyundai is like in a like Michael Cole said in our interview, is in a super good position uh, for the next twenty years. You know, and hydrogen technology will definitely play an important role in reducing our reliance on fossil fuels. It's not just one approach; it has to be a multifaceted approach to really achieving this goal of becoming climate neutral and creating a more sustainable future for everyone. Yeah, Nicole, it's going to be super interesting to see how countries like Canada or other countries are going to develop a battery electric network or a hydrogen network, no matter what. Uh, but it was also super interesting from uh, Michael Cole, how he explained the future or the future strategy of hydrogen when it comes to hydrogen. For them, it may be a bit easier because, as we said, they are involved in a lot of industry around the world. Uh, for a car manufacturer, it's a bit different because they only produce a certain amount of cars and investing in these technologies may be not feasible for them. If you want to learn more about the future of hydrogen and the business of hydrogen, of course, all the technologies surrounding hydrogen, be sure to leave us a follow at changeofdirections.com. And if you subscribe, you get a newsletter every Wednesday and you get podcasts with executives and CEOs from the hydrogen world. Leave us a follow, leave us a like, leave us a comment if you want and give us tips about technologies and stuff you want to learn about uh, when it comes to hydrogen. Until then, see you and bye-bye. <laughs>